Thank you for joining this uh, podcast episode on a not so easy topic. Uh, we're going to be talking about postpartum depression today. And I feel like there is maybe now more information out there around this topic, but I still feel like from the African perspective or within uh, certain cultures, we don't talk about this or we don't understand it or we don't even have a term for it. We just try and prevent certain things from happening to the woman so that she, we say doesn't go crazy. You know, that's what we use as a term. We don't have a scientific term for it. Not that I know of anyway, definitely not in my context and where I come from. Um, you know, even the word depression is not even something that is even, you know, maybe accepted or even talked about, you know, let alone postpartum. And uh, I think even men, when you tell them that or you express it to them, they're like, uh, what the hell is she talking about? <laughs> you know, so I think it's important that we we talk about it and, you know, we open up the discussion so that other women feel like, you know, that this is something that happens to them and to that other women and that they're not alone. So I'm happy to have you both. Um, would you like to shortly introduce yourself before we get into the topic? Sure, I can go first. Um, so my name is Lillian. I'm originally from Rwanda and I live in the United States. I'm a mother of four kids, an eight-year-old, a set of twins who are four and a one-year-old. Um, yeah, so my name is Tamar and I am originally Eritrean but was born in Sweden. And I am mama to two kids, one four-year-old and one one-year-old. Nice. Okay, so um, if you want to tell me how the postpartum depression manifested itself, because it's different for every person, and the form looks different, so maybe how it manifested for, for you, Lilian? So for me, I experienced it for my first child, and um, initially, I don't think I knew that I was having postpartum depression. So I feel like the first month I had support. So my mom came and helped out. The second month I also had support and I had my mother-in-law who came to, to help out. So going towards the third month, I was left by myself and my husband, but he was at that time working. So what ended up, I think, triggering it or bringing it to my attention that something was a little bit off was that I started during that third month um, having a lot of uh, lack of sleep. So initially, um, the first month and second month, I would say that uh, my child was very colic. So she wasn't getting to sleep a lot of hours, whether it was during the day or at night. She wouldn't sleep long enough when you would put her in a crib. So it was more she had to be held in order to get more hours of sleep in. So it became like a habit where we would have to keep her on our chest, you know, take turns. But initially, I think with the help that I had from my mom and my mother-in-law with them watching her where I could sleep, the first two months I got some sleep in and it was more manageable. And I believe towards the third month when I didn't have as much help, I started being uh, overwhelmed, I guess. And the, my body just couldn't shut off and end up getting enough sleep in. And I think now that I know what postpartum is, in the long run is that lack of sleep could also be triggering some imbalance in your brain or something and it goes downhill from there so in my um my on my end i feel like maybe the lack of sleep was the trigger and maybe 
not having that support system and eventually having a you know a, a child who cries constantly and you feel like you're doing everything and you're not giving them the the soothing that they need and maybe the thought of like you failing them as a parent and all that lack of sleep is probably what triggered it but initially i didn't know what it was and then the terminology postpartum depression at the time wasn't really like explained to me as i was you know during my pregnancy or after having given birth so it was something that i pretty much found out on my own as i'm you know with the help of my uh, my my sister who's a nurse and then my parents i think also kind of pointed that out when i started not feeling like you know returning to work so that was the trigger i was supposed to go back to work um, at three months after my child turned three months, but then I couldn't get myself to go back to work. And then from there, like I said, lack of sleep and then feeling like you're failing your child because you can't soothe them. And then I think all this manifested in my, in my mind. And then from there, I was just um, like realizing that something was off, but I couldn't put it to, to the fact that it's postpartum depression because I felt like postpartum is something big it's an illness and I don't feel like I'm sick because I was functional. I was able to do everything for my child. And the only thing that was off was that sleep. So in my mind, I was probably denying it because I didn't understand what it is. And I think it was bigger than what it was presenting to be. And so after my, mm -hmm. my sister moved down to kind of help me out and with her help pointing out that that's what's really could be. And I need to get help to understand it better and see if there's anything they can give me pill wise, maybe to, to help me sleep and you know she helped me kind of accept that it could be it and then to get the help so that's what um, i ended up doing okay doesn't sound very easy i mean when a baby is crying all the time mm -hmm. colicky mm -hmm. i read that it's like they you know they can cry for hours on yeah. end yeah. and nothing you do can soothe them it has nothing to do with you obviously but uh it, it will drive you crazy any woman crazy right. you know mm -hmm. Uh, when you don't have the help and lack of sleep makes us be, mm -hmm. I don't know, like <laughs> in all kinds of directions. And we're, I've been called a bitch at home because of lack of sleep. <laughs> but then you need people who say like, but she hasn't slept. You have to understand. And I'm like, oh, thank God, you know, <laughs> yeah, it makes you do a lot of crazy right. stuff. So thank you no for problem. sharing. What about you, Tamar? So, you know, I think the I, I really resonated with a lot of what Lillian said. Um, I think it manifested itself very differently for me and both of my kids. So and and that's what I I feel shows that it's a it's a bit of a spectrum. It's not like, you know, what Lillian said at the end that uh, you know, you don't think it's postpartum depression because you imagine it to be something huge, you know, and in both of my pregnancies in uh, my first kids, it was probably, you know, much milder than in my second child. But I think there were definitely bouts of postpartum depression. And uh, there's no there's no clear definition of what it is. It's not like, okay, it lasts two months and you feel this way and that there is no kind of one one way that it manifests itself. So in my first pregnancy, you know, I I never realized that uh, that that I was that I was off. You know, uh, it's only after everything had passed that I realized, and probably the same with my second. So, um, yeah, both times I don't think I realized. But with my first, 
when I realized retroactively that uh, that was not normal behavior was um, I ended up having an emergency C-section and just, you know, the whole pregnancy didn't go. The, the pregnancy itself was fine, but the whole delivery didn't go as I was expecting it to go. You know, my worst case scenario was a C-section and I ended up having an emergency C-section and uh, the pain just was what I was struggling with. Um and I, a week after coming home from the hospital, we, like maybe eight days after having the, the operation, I, I decided that my child needed a pacifier and I had to be the one to go to the shopping mall to get it. <laughs> and my my mum my was like, what? What do you mean? Stay Let home. Stay home. You, you just had an operation. You need to be in bed. I was like, no, I have to get the pacifier. <laughs> and I made my husband, nobody could talk me out of it. I was so determined. I made my husband drive me to this huge shopping mall. I, be- I almost passed out from the pain barely made it home. And of course, the wound opened up again. And so this affected everything. It affected my breastfeeding. And I think that also was a major trigger for me in both pregnancies, the whole breastfeeding saga. But you know, what I want to say is that everybody talks about the pregnancy hormones, but people don't really tell you about like the post-pregnancy bit. So that was a shock to me, you know, and I, I, I sailed through my pregnancy, you know, I had like no morning sickness. I was in a pretty good mood for most of it. Um, and so I thought I was done, but when the delivery was over with, I was like, I'm good. That's when it starts. <laughs> nobody told yeah, nobody told me about the breastfeeding thing, you know? And with yeah. and with my second born, it was the breastfeeding, really, because I was in so much pain. Um and I just uh I I couldn't I felt like the child was entirely dependent on me for his survival, you know, and that pressure. And, you know, when he also lost weight, so you know how they lose a little bit of weight when they come home from the hospital, but then they're supposed to gain it back. And he, he kept losing weight. And this was, this killed me. You know, I thought I was a failure as a mom. And so what Lillian said also really resonated with me that I think you, you feel like you're failing your child and that's what sends you over the edge. So I was locking myself in this drying cupboard, this tiny little drying <laughs> cupboard and crying. <laughs> you know, like every day. Yeah. It's so <laughs> but I didn't I didn't tell anybody. And so nobody really uh except my husband eventually. But um I think he still never only recently, which is like a year later, did, did he fully grasp, you know, how how much of a downward spiral I was getting myself into. But yeah, so with it, with meditation and um, kind of po- positive affirmations, I managed to come out of it somehow. And then I got very busy, so that that also helped. Um, we were moving countries, so the distraction helped. But the breastfeeding in Sweden, there's actually a thing called breastfeeding depression, um, oh. which is specifically linked to you know, just the pressure that women feel to breastfeed. And if it's not going well, if you're getting enough milk, like just there's so much science behind it that it can send, it can make a woman crazy, you know, and the pain, the pain. I told my husband at one point, I would rather go through the delivery all over again than feel this breastfeeding pain. (laughs) So that, that for me was a major trigger in both my pregnancies. 
it's interesting that both of you, you know, like say, uh, you know, it, it manifested differently. And, you know, you'd think, you know, postpartum only happens maybe on, with your first child, but it can happen with each child, mm-hmm. you know, that's what you, Tamar, you're sharing. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Liliane, if you had it with the other with the No, other children. I only had it with my first with yeah with the first one yeah so you think okay or you breastfed the first one so then they will expect oh you're your mom you've already breastfed so the second time you should know exactly work so it's not true you have to learn it all <laughs> over again nobody told me that <laughs> and it's not only that it depends on the child also yeah they you know latch on properly or not you know my first child didn't at all so i was in excruciating pain for a year you know like and i just thought it was normal so i just con- continued i was like my sister would look at me like oh man i'm so sorry and i'm like ah, ah. but i was like this is normal until the lactates and specialist is like this is how you're supposed to latch on and I'm like, ah. <laughs> everybody but, thinks that it, yeah. it, you just automatically know how to breastfeed you know you just stick exactly. your boob in the baby's mouth and and that's it it's yeah. so not there's so much no, to not. it <laughs> And also what you said, you know, how we know where our mothers also, exp- uh, you know, purposefully don't tell us about the postpartum issues that you go through because they are scared that you're not going to give birth. That's what my mom told me. She's like, you know, once I gave birth, she's like, oh, yeah, all the shit is going to happen. Now. And I'm like, why, why, did you, why did you tell me this when I was pregnant? She's like, no, we don't talk about these things only until you give birth. Then we can explain that this is normal and this and that. And I'm like, but mom, she's like, yeah, otherwise you won't give birth. So we need to just keep that. You know, no one tells you. She's like, I had the same when I gave birth and all this stuff happened. And I had to ask and they're like, yeah, this is what happens. You know, it's normal, the pain, the hormones the blues the this the that and i'm like there's a reason i guess they keep it from us you know but it's important to know in advance because then you don't think you're crazy right when you're experiencing it and and i agree i think that's the piece that's many uh that's missing i i believe if they had Mm. um that information available as you're going through your nine months visit you know to the OBGYN, if they had a section where they even if it's like you know one hour session something that they incorporate in the visits instead of just handing you a handout at delivery that hey there's something Mm -hmm. called postpartum (laughs) in case you have it because you're just gonna shove that off on the side of you know your back burner not even look at it but if it's something that they that they talk about throughout those nine months visit then you you mentally prepared okay you know we talked about this this might be something that's going to happen. So you'll be more, I think, seeking the help or acknowledging that it's mm-hmm. it's there and it's normal and, and you won't feel shamed or like, you know, weak or something, you know, or feel like you're doing something wrong. I think after maybe and- seeing that it presents itself in so many shapes and form from different women, then they should make that information available and say, hey, you know, it's not something that's going to happen like A, B, C, and D, and that's how it is. Just know that if you feel off, if there's something that doesn't go according to what you think should happen from, you know, giving birth to a child, then just seek help immediately. I think it's important they mm-hmm. put it out there from the get-go. And and spouses too. Spouses too need to know, or partners. Yes, you know, yes. Because, yes, because if them more than anyone, because I think when you're in the thick of postpartum depression, I think you don't, even if you maybe had the information beforehand, you, you still might not be able to spot it because, right. you know, you're, you're so deep in it that I think you, you, you're not thinking clearly. Mm-hmm. 
and logic <laughs> logic is just beyond you you know right. but if your if your spouse or your partner has that information if you're lucky enough to have a partner mm-hmm. or you know family whoever's whoever's there you know to to help mm-hmm. if if there is someone that they should know because they're able to you know, handle it because at some point, you know, I think my family thought I was being a bit difficult, mm-hmm. and I, you know, right? I, like, of course, my mom understands, but uh, yeah, I don't think partners do. And uh, you're right. Yeah, I I almost killed my partner at some point, and I know a friend who who kicked hers out. <laughs> like, so. Yeah, it would it would really help mm-hmm. because uh, yeah, as it is, you know, the the couple are not getting any sleep, and if they know that you know there's this extra challenge, then they're likely to be much more patient and loving with each other. I think. I agree. That's a good point. That's a good point. And so, with both of you, because you're saying that when you realized in retrospect that you were having postpartum depression, so while you were in it, you did not. Did you not realize it? Like with Lilian, you said it was your sister who maybe helped make you see it. With Tamar, I feel like no one told you, you know, (laughs) until you realized after. Like how long? When did you both realize that you were in it? So for me, I feel like, uh, so let's say month number three or four was the the time where I was pretty much struggling to even acknowledge that's what it was. Maybe going into the fifth month, I would say, realizing that, hey, I'm still lacking energy. Mm-hmm. I'm still not finding myself to, to drive myself to want to go back to work, even though she was there to help me. And we had a system to where we could make it work with her schedule and me going back to work. I still was not finding myself um, energized enough to want to go back to the normal life, I should call. But... Um, I would say maybe the fifth or sixth month is when it it really clicked. Like something is not normal with me. Like the way I know myself and how I functioned before and and how I was seeing myself feeling like, you know, nothing really moves me. I was only there to give the best to my child. And I felt like, you know, I was failing her. Then I said, you know, eventually something has to give. And so I said, okay, fine. I'll take, you know, the help. And I accepted that something was not right. And so I went to see, um, as, as a psychologist and so with them pointing it out and saying that you know that's normal a lot of people go through it then I was more receiving of it and they helped me with some uh, low dose um, anti-depression or anti-anxiety medicine uh, that I was starting to take so I think the combination of that and me accepting that there was a problem kind of helped me eventually come out of it towards like month number nine when she turned about nine months mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think it was like maybe around month seven that I was okay. Maybe six, six or seven. I realized, I I think I was like starting to feel better. Um, And that's when I was looking back and was like, huh, that was not normal. Um, Yeah, like I said, with my second was, was much harder for me. And uh, uh, at around, let's say, where, where was this? I'm October, November, December, January. For, yeah, like five months after the delivery, I, I changed countries. So we moved from Zimbabwe to uh, Malawi. So there was a lot going on. You know, I was starting a new job and I didn't really have time to think about it. And I think that just snapped me out of everything, basically. And um 
yeah, that's when I was able to look back and think that um, that, that that there was something unusual going on. You know, it wasn't just like the the regular hormones. But I never went to see anybody. Um, but yeah, on reflecting on my own behavior, I just thought, uh, yeah, that that wasn't um, that was normal. <laughs> right. And to add on, yeah. now that I go back and during the time, so between I would say month number six and number seven or something, after I have seeked the help, I think maybe after I started getting the medicine, initially I was I was also reluctant to taking them as ordered. And I believe by doing that, so sometimes I'll take them, I feel fine. And then I'm like, you know, I don't need this. I started having a fight with myself saying, okay, I don't depend on this. I don't want to be like an addict to depression medicine so in my mind i was also still having that war to accept the fact and get the medicine to you know to let it to let it kick in let's just put it so i think what ended up happening in for me at one point around six six months or seven i think i had what they call like a a panic attack so i think that's where everything in your head just i don't know it rushes and it messes up with your your hormone so i ended up having a panic attack that turned into a mimic I think that's what they call it, a mimic attack. So I think at that point, when I went through that, that was just definitely, uh, you know, something to show that something was not right. So I went through that episode, but then when, you know, as I, I had different appointments with my the psychologist. So when she pointed that out to that, that's part of the postpartum depression, when it's not treated right, it will just mess up more, more things in your, you know, your hormone, your, your brain and, and that, panic attack or mimic attack was just a reflection of that. So at that point, I was like, I really have to be serious with taking it, the medication, the way they, they prescribed them to me. And by being disciplined at that point, it just started to phase off and I felt better. Mm. Do you think for both of you, um, you know, the fact that you maybe had a bit of um, reluctance to accept the depression is because you know we're mothers we're supposed to know how it goes we're supposed to be able to be strong and take care of our babies and all this pressure that we put on ourselves so then we think no there's no way i can be depressed there's no way i'm going to take medication etc did you think that 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 applies to you both yeah for me i think it was more like um i i don't think i was thinking about myself at all uh, it, I was so focused on the baby and so focused in this case on breastfeeding and trying to get it right. And I was so determined that this baby wasn't going to be a formula baby, you know, God forbid, because that is like the worst thing you can do as a mother. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you might that's as well murder your baby, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it's seen almost these days. The pressure it was yeah. just... Yeah. Yeah, so I was I was so busy thinking about the baby and so so obsessed with breast pumping and the schedule and also trying to juggle work that I was not thinking about myself. So I I don't think the thought even crossed my mind that this could be depression. I think I was just uh, so busy thinking what a failure I was. <laughs> I wasn't yeah, wasn't even thinking that I might have needed help. Yeah. Yeah, because of the pressure we put on ourselves and what we read out there and what mothers say they do and what's normal Mm -hmm. and natural. And because people don't talk about the truth, you know, and that it's a struggle, it's hard, it's crying nights, it's, you know, uh, it's not an easy job at all. 
And so when we have that false impression of exactly, it's supposed to be yeah. all rosy, you know, it's not happening for us, then right. something's wrong with yeah. us, you know, or yeah. our baby. Yeah. So how did you react to you knowing that you had some sort of postpartum depression? For me, I was refusing to, so I couldn't visualize myself being depressed because I had never experienced something like that before. So it was hard to accept. I was thinking how, knowing me, how can I even be depressed? Like I, I felt like people to be depressed, they have to have a reason to be depressed. So I was looking at my life and I'm like, <laughs> my life is just, you know, normal. Yeah. Like I have, how I have dare husband, you be depressed? <laughs> have, I'm working, you know, I have, a, I have a family here. I mean, everything seemed to be like, you know, normal. So how can I even justify to be depressed? So to me, it was like, it's a shame that I can yeah. allow myself. It's almost like I was, beating myself up to even be depressed when it's not even my fault mm -hmm. to be depressed. I, I didn't bring that on myself yeah. so the so i was trying to pull myself out of there like snap out of it this is shameful you got nothing to be depressed about and so it was denial 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 all the way <laughs> uh, yeah which makes sense yeah I think uh, we have to allow ourselves once i knew that it's, it's not something brought yeah. on to me because of me missing out on something I did wrong or failed to do whatever once I knew it's something that comes within your brain and it's nothing that you can do to stop it it's just there and you're the unfortunate one I would say to to get it not all mothers will get it then once I was at peace at that like it's not your fault you did nothing wrong to bring that on yourself then I was more aware that okay if it happens to my next pregnancies I will accept it from the get-go and then, and then get the help if it's there so I think once I was at peace with that that it's not my fault then I was more accepting. Mm -hmm. That's so important mm -hmm. that it's not your fault, you know, and that you, that you didn't bring it upon. Oh, let right. me add <laughs> to my life right now. You know, <laughs> let, you know, let me spice things up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A pinch of depression here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What about you? No, <laughs> mine, mine was more like, you know, like I said, it was retroactive. So I was a bit like, oh, that makes sense. No wonder I was acting that way, you know. Uh, I, wish I, I wish I had realized at the time. Um, but more than anything, I kind of wish, you know, I wish my, my husband would have realized. Because, you know, they also, they just think like the hard bit is over. The pregnancy is over. You've given birth, you know. They, they think that's the hardest part. That's what they really have no idea that the hardest <laughs> bit comes after pregnancy, really. I mean, for, for me, the, that was just, yeah. So I, I feel like we could have saved ourselves a lot of, uh, a lot of fights <laughs> if that had been clear from the start, you know. And I probably would have, yeah, it wouldn't have affected our relationship so much, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you were crying in the yeah. cupboard, you were saying, so you weren't no. even showing. Him no, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, because, yeah, I just, I felt like I needed to be strong, I think. I, I guess that's why I was, you know, hiding in the cupboard, but um, also I just didn't feel like I, I was really understood, if I'm being honest, you know. So I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to show that vulnerability, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important that you're sharing that. 
because men need to or partners like you say need to yeah. be aware of it and provide the support and know how what role they can play so i think we'll come to that but um how did you both overcome or cope with this postpartum depression so you said you went to see a psychologist and get um antidepressants for some time you had right. to stick to it so that it worked <laughs> uh, any other any other you know ways you coped with it um, maybe afterwards so or afterwards during? after i would say the antidepressants were kicking in the accepting that it was okay to go back to work and you know give it another try because at that point my daughter was older so i said you know i didn't have to go back full time just ease myself into work just to take your mind off of that routine helped i think feeling mm -hmm. like you're back to being yourself that's what i called it like i felt like i wanted something that would show me that hey i'm still me i'm mm -hmm. still practicing you know my my line of work fine and, and still come home and realize that my child was fine leaving her was fine because also like i would keep on mm -hmm. hearing from people like i probably you, you didn't want to go back to work because you probably just have separation anxiety that's all you know and nobody really knew you know that it was depression mm -hmm. this was from like my co-workers and um other friends that maybe didn't really understand postpartum either so you just have separation anxiety you'll mm -hmm. get over it you know so once i've realized that okay i can go back to work do my work and come back and my child was still fine she was being taken care of by my sister of all people so and then in accepting that you know things are not going to go back to normal right away but progressively i think that kind of helped you know day by day to realize okay i've accomplished this i'm I'm okay. I've survived week number one. This is fine. So, and eventually, you know, Great. as she grew a little older, I was able to pick up more hours and things went back to normal and I was able to get off the antidepressants. And I think that, that also helped knowing that, okay, everything is fine now. We're slowly tapping down on the medication and eventually completely winning me off of them, feeling like now I can do everything, feel energized and still, you know, be, you know, like functional then that that also helped me get out of it completely mm. okay and, and you tamar you talked about yes, meditation yeah so i am a big fan of eckhart tolle so i was just uh i listened i had like uh i have the audiobook and i was just listening to that and kind of doing a lot of positive affirmations and just saying you know um you know, my, my body is capable, my body is providing for my child, my body is doing amazing things, I'm grateful for my body, just trying to think positive and trying to be kind to myself, really. That, that was the, the, the most important yeah. thing I, I needed to do was just to be a bit kinder to myself and not put so much pressure on myself, um, especially on, on the breastfeeding, you know, and at some point when he was, four, you know, I was determined to get to six months exclusive breastfeeding. You know, that was my goal. And at four months, I had to give up because, you know, like my mom was with me. Thank God, you know, she was helping me. And, uh, and my husband, they were both like, this child is hungry. Why do you refuse to let him have formula? And I was just like, and I was getting so mad every time they would say this. I felt like it was like a criticism of me as a mother, you know, like, yeah. you're failing this child, you're not feeding this child, this child is hungry because of you. Just, you know, the idea that my son was hungry because of me, you know, and also, you know, boys eat more, literally. Yeah. They eat, I don't know how much it is more uh, than on average than girls. And so 
at, at four months, I just said, you know what? Fine. Give him formula. You know, he's, he's not going to die. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, oh, no. But it really felt to me like I just had to let it go. And I had just had to be like, okay, I've done what I could. I did my best. It doesn't make me a bad mother. You know what? Like that. He's not even going to remember this. It's more important to, to, to just enjoy him and, and, and have fun with him and not be constantly worrying every time if he's going to be hungry or if he's going to be full or not, you know, by the end of the breastfeeding. And yeah, but also going back to work helped. And, uh, you know, I started this new job and I think that gave me sort of confidence in a different aspect of my life. And I, I think, yeah, what, what we do with, during depression is we just tend to beat ourselves up and just say that, you know, just the whole idea that you're a failure, right? So maybe seeing also, you know, myself succeeding in other areas of life helped to also just, you know, uh, give myself a break. <laughs> yeah. I think because it's at the expense of your health that you were like, you know, you were saying by all means necessary, yeah. I'm going to breastfeed you at the expense of your health. And then you can't be there for exactly. your child the way you want to. Mm-hmm. So it's like mm-hmm. a vicious cycle. Right? And no, and you start to associate your child with breastfeeding, mm-hmm. which is this like, you know, which that's what I was starting to do. Every time I'd see him, I'd be like, oh no, he's going to be hungry. <laughs> he's going to want food. Oh no. And I was dreading it, you know, every time. And then I was like, no, this is not, you know, I need to just enjoy my child and, and yeah, just be, be grateful that he's healthy and that I'm healthy and yeah, my, my body's doing what it can, but I'm not a machine. Right. <laughs> I think, you know, what's important that you're sharing is, you know, because when we read about postpartum depression or when we hear like celebrities talking about it, it's like, oh, I wanted to hurt my child or I wanted to you know, drown my child or, you know, like the, the negative, scary. You don't so that's why we didn't, you know, we don't assume exactly. that we have it. Yeah. So it's important that you shared it, that it could be the opposite. Like, I don't want to leave my child or I have to breastfeed my child or I feel tired, etc. So how did the community, because we don't have so much information about it and or we don't share, how did the community react to you having depression? You know, Lilian, you said they were calling it separation anxiety but did they realize what you were going through and when they did how did they react so for me like you remember how i said that it was more the denial part that i was postpartum depressed so even talking it about it in those terms it was only with my family i didn't those who would call it anxiety i was just going with it i did i felt like it wasn't worth me trying to go through explaining to them hey this is not just separation anxiety this is what i have and this is what i'm taking i didn't want to i didn't feel comfortable let's just put it that way to to share that because i felt like it was just going to be opening you know a can of worms that i was just going to reflect again on how weak i was and and i didn't want that so i feel like I, i was more putting on a face for the community and mm-hmm. so I never really even think they realized the extent of what it was because I was in denial. Even though I was accepting to get the, the help, I was still not comfortable, you know, putting it out there and then feel like I had to educate other people about it. It was more like, okay, this happened to me. Let's just get over it and move on with my life. No. <laughs> so I never experienced it with yeah. the community. No, you're right. Yeah. How did they react? Everybody, no, no one really put me in a mm-hmm. position to feel like it's a 
it's my fault. I feel like they were more more helpful than anything. They really tried it. Like for a while, I wouldn't want even to to be in contact with anybody. I would just shut myself down, not wanting to be on the phone, because like Tamar said, it's more like you you felt like nobody would get it. So I would say mm-hmm. I don't even want to be on the phone to be going to talk about something that nobody's gonna understand. It's just happening in my head. Let me just you know deal with it myself. But they would still push, you know, call me even if I would spend two or three days without wanting to talk. They would still call me and you know just have open arms for whenever I was ready to you know to get the help. And nobody really was um, blaming me or anything, so, but more supportive and patient and waiting for me to just be willing to you know to to talk to them or get whatever help I needed from them, knowing that they were there. Mm-hmm. That's great. And with your partner also, was that the same? Like how, like that he was there and showed you that. Yes, he was absolutely supportive. Never made me feel like this was my fault. If anything, every time I would say, okay, so this is me beating me up, right? I would feel like, okay, I have no energy. I haven't done this. I haven't done the cooking. I haven't done the cleaning. I'm only like, you know, like I would give my hundred percent to my child during that time and leaving everything else to whenever I could get to it. But he was making sure that I don't even worry about it. Don't worry about the cooking. Just worry about you and the Mm -hmm. baby during the day. As soon as I get off, I'm going to handle this and that, you know, and my sister also was helpful. But I was feeling like I should be able to do it all. Like, this is nothing. This is just one child. And I'm home the whole time. So I should be able to cook. I should be able to clean. I should be able to take it. And so lacking that energy, like it's phys- it's literally much lacking physical energy to drive myself to get up. Like just even thinking to go to the store was like, I don't know, running a marathon. That That's how bad it was. Like I was physically feeling exhausted from just taking care of my child. But that was the whole lack of sleep. And, you know, it was just translating in my physical ability to do things. And I remember feeling like I can't even get around taking a shower during the day. Like I have to wait till the night till it comes to all those things that I was able to do normally before felt like exhausting. So the fact that he was always there making me feel like this is normal. Like his sentence was always, this is normal. Everybody goes through it. And I'm looking at him like, you gotta be kidding. Right? <laughs> this is not normal. <laughs> goes through this but, me. But, you know, but I felt like it was the encouraging aspect of him making me feel like, don't beat yourself over this. We're going to go through it. And, I really kind of looking back, I'm, I'm very appreciative of that, you know, that support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. What about you? Hey. Well, I, I never, I still to this day, I think I've told my brother and my sister, but I don't think I ever put it in words that, you know, this is what I had to, to my family really. Um, to my husband as well, but not at the time. So at the time, I didn't say it to anybody. And you're just, in, I was just in a daze, right? Like, I remember, you know, you came to visit me, G, after the first, you know. Yeah, yeah. I know. and I was just <laughs> I in a daze. Like, my attention was maybe 20% on you, and the rest was like, I, I was, no, I was like barely with you, you know. I, I think I was able to keep a conversation together but it was just like a daze for me you know (laughs) and uh yeah I don't know if you noticed but yeah it was just um you you kind of just want to be in your you're just tired right it is it's exhaustion like Lillian was saying it's just uh you're just tired and so even though you want to be around people you're just like 
I don't have the mental capacity to to maintain a coherent conversation right now. Like mm-hmm. your brain is just on so many different things, and you you know it's the pressure that you put on yourself, right? So you're just making these to do lists. Like I'm sitting here, but I should be doing this, 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 and what am I doing? Just sitting here, not doing. It's just mm-hmm. you know you don't feel yourself at all. Um, exactly. I, I think my family would have been really supportive if they had known what it was. And I think, again, it would have helped if I had been able to say in concrete terms, you know, this is what I'm going through. But because I never did, it was just like, you know, sometimes there was a sense that I was being difficult. And even though they understood, but they thought I was just being difficult, you know. And I'm like, so, yeah, it, it was a I think my husband was really helpful in the sense that he also took care of the house completely. And I didn't need to worry about that, you know? Um, but I think what was really missing for me was the emotional support. And we've talked about it since, you know, it was, it was like a major, major deal in our, in our marriage so far was, you know, the way that um, we coped with, with, I still struggle to say it, you know, I still struggle to say depression because also, you know, I hear Lillian's story and I'm like, well, I was never on antidepressants. Maybe it wasn't depression, but like still to this day, you know? you're, you're constantly comparing yourself to others and you're like, you think that, you know, well, others have yeah. had it worse. And so I shouldn't really, you know, be talking. It, it's a weird feeling. Yeah. Like Hopefully. you feel like you shouldn't complain or make yeah. a big deal out of it because, you know, probably most women go through this. And I think so many women, actually have it but they just think no 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 depression is like I should be on medication or I would need to be like you know you have these images of what depression looks like like you said G you know the thing, thoughts of killing your child or hating your child or whatever and you're like no I still love my child so I can't be depressed you know right so yeah, so, yeah um I, I what I what was really yeah. tough for us was that he he wasn't able to kind of name it and therefore recognize how much emotional support I needed and I I didn't get help and I think I I probably should have um, and and I've dealt with it since but you know mm-hmm. sort of half a year no more than half a year nine months ten months afterwards you know yeah. yeah. And I think that's why, you know, it, it, they tell you take mm-hmm. time after giving birth because forget depression that, that, you know, you need time to rest. You need time to sleep, you need time to recover. <laughs> um, that's why like in, yeah, 40 days in our culture, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't do anything. The, the parents mm-hmm. take care of everything for you. You're supposed to sleep. You're supposed to rest. We hold the baby, you know, because they know mm-hmm. that this is the danger, you know, like even if you don't get depressed, it's so tiring. And it takes a toll on our bodies mentally and physically and emotionally, you know. Um, and that's why even in Holland, we get, uh, I think it's the only country in the world that we, we get like a woman that comes and helps wow. us for one week. It's uh, provided with the healthcare system and she does whatever you need her to do. And they talk about postpartum depression as well. And they're like, these are the signs. Or if you feel, you know, like unhappy or blue all the time, whatever, then you can reach out to the, you know, mm-hmm. they, they give you that information. And they're there, but I mean, it's just a week, you know, you, you have that person for a week and then they're gone and then you're like, oh, <laughs> all this by myself. And I can't complain because I had my family for like three, four months, you know, and then even then, like when I was back with my husband alone with the child, I was like, okay, with one, I can handle it. It's like, woof, still a lot of work, but you know, I'd gotten used to, you know, some sort of a schedule, mm-hmm. but now with these two, I'm like, hell, <laughs> I am not doing you're this alone because I know. 
I know I will go crazy, you know, like I know because <laughs> I see how much effort and energy it takes for everybody to take care of my kids. You know? So if I had to do it alone, I was like, I told my husband, I'm like, I'm so sorry, but you have to understand if I'm there all by myself, yeah. I will go crazy. You know, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> so it's important that we get yeah, the help, absolutely. you know, and um, mm-hmm. the support. So for the last question, how do we support women who have postpartum depression? What is important? What, what, what helps you and how can we help others that are going through this? Um, you know? I think definitely the support. If you have the family or friends, any support you can get, just, you know, get it. Don't be ashamed of it. Take it and <laughs> run with it. <laughs> if you have that, right? And if you don't, which, you know, in, where we are, like where we live, it's, it's, it's a luxury to have all that kind of help, right? Mm-hmm. I think definitely they need to okay. hear it. We need, it, it needs to be put out there. Yes, the, the number of people who get affected by it is so little to where it's not something that brought to light, like, you know, any other issue. But I think the more people talk about it, like, you know, put it out there, share their experiences because they come in different shape and forms for the other ones to hear it, then wow. I think if it's really available and spoken about openly, those who will experience it, I think, will will seek the help sooner than, you know, going through it months in and then realizing that something is off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got to spread the word. I'm reading, like, in the United States, yeah, in the United States, I'm reading 70 to 80% yeah, of women yeah. will experience it. Yeah, so it is much more than I think, I mean, just think about it. You just gave birth to a human being. You brought another being into existence. <laughs> that is an earth-shattering experience. Of course you're going to be upside down. You know, like, nothing will ever be the same again. <laughs> Both times. Yeah. and the other thing yeah the other thing is also people think it's like right after giving birth that you can yes. get depression but it right. can show up right. like a year later you know like it, there's no time frame like you said tomorrow in the beginning like even once you have it it's not like oh it's a one month thing or uh you know it can mm-hmm. happen yeah. a year yeah. after giving birth even so yeah just being aware and the other that key that came out tonight was the partners if they put that information out there and make men take a class mm-hmm. on this thing like yes have them just (laughs) face it show them different scenarios that will happen so they can be the one who are going to spot it on because like you said when you're living it you don't even know you're going through it until it goes really you know bad or it's months in but if the partner can who know you beforehand and start seeing Mm -hmm. something is up then if they're educated ahead of time then they can you know spot it on and you guys will will make you know it will be a team effort of things versus you by yourself and feeling like you have to explain it to others. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. The part yeah. And, and we have to tell, we have to just tell our friends, right? Like, I mean, I, sometimes I feel bad cause I'm just like, I don't want to be scaring a pregnant woman either. You know, I, I hear your mama, Georgie, you know, like, <laughs> what are you going to tell like a, yeah. you know, 32 week pregnant? Oh, by the way, you know, you think this is bad. <laughs> Wait till you give birth. <laughs> you know, that's not cool, but, exactly. but there has to be some awareness raising, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I think if women know it's, it's, it's likely or it's possible, then you're not going to be so surprised when it does happen. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, really that there, that it manifests itself in different ways. And, you know, like in Sweden, they kept asking me, like, do you feel sad? And I was like, no, 
I don't feel sad. I mean, but I don't know why I was answering that way. And, and I genuinely believed myself, but I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure why I wasn't able to kind of answer, mm-hmm. uh, you know, truthfully. It's, I don't know if I was trying to hide it or I just didn't recognize it or, you know, like Lillian said, felt like I didn't have the right to be sad. I mean, what do I have to complain about? So, you know, you, you just also I think it's a cultural thing, right? Like in, you don't complain, right? You like suck it up and yeah. Yeah, no, no, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. You know, thank God, mashallah, whatever it is. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe the are you sad is not the right question, but how are you coping or do you feel yeah. stressed or do you feel frustrated? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it could be exactly. that too, you know. Um, I'm reading that half of men who have partners with postpartum depression will go on to develop depression oh. themselves. Half That's of what? Say, say that so again, G. Imagine. <laughs> half of men who have partners with postpartum depression will go that on to develop depression me. themselves. And so men... <laughs> They will not talk so about it, you know. So let I mean, yeah. we have issues talking about it. So let alone men who have not even birth, yeah. will be like, how can I be depressed? You know. Yeah, well, I would agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> I would also yeah, be like, how dare you be depressed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you push a child out of Why yourself? Are you nine months of caring. I don't see you breastfeeding. <laughs> <laughs> trying but that's so interesting Georgie that's really interesting and then but, I think uh, again it comes to it, to the information because you know like I said we went through a really rocky period after birth and we're just now recovering from it which is a year after birth and they do say that the first year after having a baby is the hardest for married couples or partners or whatever it is you know so Actually, that, that's really interesting. And maybe, you know, if you are very connected to each other, then it's only natural that you kind of feel the energy of, of the other person and that it can start to affect you. Mm-hmm. So that's actually important information. I mean, not that they have, you know, not that they went through what we went through, but they're, they're, it's, it's like cancer patients. Not that I'm comparing childbirth to cancer, but, <laughs> but you know, they say it's not just the patient, but also the patient's family that, that often needs counseling and therapy after, after surviving it. So I can see that the same would be true of, of giving birth. Yeah. And partners. Yeah. I think my marriage is still going strong because uh, we didn't have to deal with it alone. <laughs> be separated from my husband for a few months so there was no fighting and killing each other over it you know <laughs> but I can totally see how you mm-hmm. know if you're not communicating also you know like your needs yeah. because you have to be vulnerable because you know if in our heads it makes yeah. us weak or shows a sign of weakness and we say I need help or I can't breastfeed or I can't sleep or I'm tired I can't mm-hmm. cook for you I can't clean or whatever um, that it will be seen as, right. you know, weakness or laziness or, you know, yeah. And uh, if we don't communicate that and they don't understand, and, it just yeah. makes it worse for us, you know. So I think it's important, like you said, to to communicate your whatever you're feeling and thinking and to reach out for support in wherever yes. you can get it. Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, you know hang on to, to it. Up, uh, what you just <laughs> said, Georgie. Yeah. Um, you know, in Africa, I think, a lot of women go depressed, but like you said, since they don't have a term for it, what they call it is that the woman has given up on herself. She's 
she's neglecting herself she's lazy she was fine yeah. before but she now she's go. a lazy woman yeah. she's um she's neglecting her husband she's so everything becomes about putting her down as if she's enjoying being that mm. person you know what i mean and then so that becomes a shame so they probably won't put it to light yeah. because it's gonna look like hey i'm looking bad because now yeah. i'm the neglected woman who doesn't clean i'm the neglected woman you know the dirty woman who doesn't do this and that but maybe in fact it's just she's depressed and she can't physically do it absolutely everything. especially because they have the burden of mm-hmm. doing exactly. everything on so top maybe of they need to caring, be educated you know? that if she's acting yeah. like that she's maybe not just being lazy or neglecting okay. or maybe something is not right in her brain and they need to just get her the help yeah yeah I think especially in cultures where they don't do like I mean in my culture my mom's culture mm-hmm. they it's 40 days of taking care of the woman so that you know she can recover and come back to her mm-hmm. old self that's what my mom was saying but you have in other cultures where once the umbilical cord has fallen off get back to the field get back to the market get back to you know right. your usual mm-hmm. self and that's one week you know like <laughs> I couldn't even imagine getting out of bed <laughs> after you know a month I'm like oh no 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 <laughs> I just want to chill in this bed, bring me my food, you know. <laughs> you know. So if you have to, you know, do everything that you used to do one week after on top of taking care of a child, exactly. it's just too much, you know. It's just too much. I mean, but there are women who survive and, Ooh. you know, all respect to single mothers or my god. Mothers. I just say I superheroes, superheroes. I really don't. Seriously. <laughs> But do ask for help if you are one of those women because you cannot exactly. and you don't have to do it all. Call a friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Any last words, ladies, um, before we Well, thank round you so off? much for doing this. I'm, um, I'm actually uh, surprised. My, I surprised myself when you asked me to, to talk about it, how I felt like it was fine to talk about it openly and I didn't feel um, any shame or anything. But I think if you had asked me to do this within that year or a year after I had given birth to my first child, or even two, three years after that, I think it was going to be a topic that I could not address because of the fact that, like, the, uh, accepting that it's not your fault is the main thing. Like, mm-hmm. you didn't bring this on yourself, get the help, and it's okay. You're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I didn't experience it again with my mm-hmm. other kids kind of, you know, made, made me strong about the topic, I guess. and be open more open about it because i realized okay it was a one-off and you know you can do it again and be fine about it if you know to look for it if it's there and accept that you can get the help and be fine afterwards so thank you for for definitely inviting me to you know to address it and yeah realize that i'm i'm over it i guess (laughs) 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 yeah you're doing great you have four wonderful beautiful babies so you can be very proud and tomorrow's yes. have two beautiful babies, and, you know, <laughs> breastfeeding or not. I'm, I am, I am proud of my boobs. You know? It's okay. They did good. They did good. <laughs> they, yeah, did. they did. Good. They did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what, whatever you can do, one, even you know? if it's just a week, if it's two weeks, you know what? Like, that is good. Be proud of yourself. Yeah. Be kind to yourself, you know. Think of however you would treat a friend. That's how, you know, your best friend, that's how you should be treating yourself, Um so no thanks G for doing this and I, you know you asked us you know what can we do and I think that's, that what you're doing is exactly it it's raising awareness and, um, and it's the first time I've talked about it so it's been pretty therapeutic actually so yeah thank you I, I don't feel shame either but it, it feels good to, to get it out there <laughs> thank you both <laughs> absolutely
Yeah, I appreciate you both for for wanting to talk about it. It's not an easy topic, like I said, and uh, it takes a lot. And I, I I really hope those who are listening will learn from it, and and you know um, that it can help uh, those who are listening. So I appreciate you both very much for for wanting to share. Thank you. So let's leave it at that. Thank you so much. Yes, yes, yes. Now let's get back to your beautiful <laughs> baby. You go enjoy that your studio. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Let me go do some more hair. Bye, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thanks, ladies.